Dad pod. Well, this is a video thing as well. Have a name. Podcast. A midlife crisis. Howdy, daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. Not bad, yeah, that's that's about the best we can hope for. You're very welcome along to this week's uh, episode of Dadcast. Dave is back. How are you, Dave? Hello. Nathan's here. How are you? How are you? Very well. There's been a, a number of uh, things that have happened since uh, everybody was last in the room. Nathan has ascended to the throne of power. Haven't you taken over in the... Look at your eyes. What? Look at your eyes. The terror in his eyes. Uh, Parent-teacher. Chairman. Yeah. Yes. Chair yes. person it's of the official. Association. It's official. What? He, he thought, you, you thought I meant in work. Well, he stayed to coup and work as well, but yeah. that's, that's too boring to talk about publicly. <laughs> was there a cutthroat campaign of intimidation and violence that led worked, to this position? Was. Yes, absolutely. No, nobody else wanted the job, essentially, was uh, what happened. But chairman uh, of the stuff is great. Like, chairman, all you got to do is, you know, Jared, you know, just delegate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you have to drive everything and make sure everything is delegated. Well, I'm very fortunate in my PTA, and that turns out I have people also in the PTA who are very self-motivated, very driven, very keen to just get on with things by themselves. So every day I go on my phone, there's like 84 different updates from the PTA and just a load of stuff done. You just read through them. And there's so many of them, I'm like, so much air, I thought of time for this, but it seems, <laughs> as though, it seems as though things are going really well. But like, all I can see is everything is happening beautifully. Is it a parents' association or the parent-teachers' association? Parent-teachers' association. So the teachers on the They are, but they're well. not so much, they're at the, the teachers will come to the meetings but they're not involved they in stuff. the right. Yeah, We've no teachers involved. Yeah, we weren't I mean, going to change Not that I'm at any of the meetings. They're always on Champions League nights. It's handy, isn't it? So I, I was at the first one, then I joined, and I won't be at another one until January. Well, where's your commitment? Because what I would do, Dave, is uh, when they're on a Champions League night, I say, can I be on a six o'clock game so I can get to my meeting at eight o'clock that I push it back? Yeah, but Dave, It's incredible how I can fly in yeah, from uh, Dave, Istanbul. I can fly in from Istanbul. How would, I, how would I get from the Bernabeu to the Parents <laughs> yeah, Association? That's a great point, Dave. Dave's more important. He's on the bigger games now. Yeah, well, I'd hate to point that out, no. but like that was the obvious answer to that one, wasn't it? No. He doesn't get to pick and choose. They decide because he's the star. We've gone down a wormhole here. Whoa! Really? <laughs> anyway, that wasn't, that wasn't the point I was taking oh, most yeah. issue with, Chair. Uh, no, okay, oh. which was? The one that he was implying it was possible to be in two places oh, at once. Oh, okay, of course, yes, 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 of course. Which, I mean, sure, I'm sure you're at some of these games. Uh, right, so, uh, <laughs> we tweeted before we came on today, two of the dads will today, metaphorically, throw their kids under the bus for pissing. Sorry, Jerry, that's not how the tweet actually reads. Yeah, well, you, uh, you obviously had a typo in it, Nathan. One in the back of the car on the M50, and the other against the neighbour's wall. Adrian's not here, so poor Con doesn't get to get thrown under the bus. Adrian's entirely. gone away for the weekend. Yeah. With uh, his wife. Yeah, No children. Wow. Two full nights in and London. I've seen a man looking, he, he's looking very excited. We had three full nights last weekend. Hey, a lot of what? scheduling going on. Wow. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and how was the trip? <laughs> <laughs> That's rare, it's wonderful. <laughs> it was just amazing. <laughs> Three full nights, walking around, strolling around, doing what you wanted, when you wanted. No deadlines. Well, we actually did a couple of tours, so there were some deadlines. Where were you? We were in Berlin. Oh, right. And, uh, I thought you were going to, oh, you were going to Berlin. I thought you were going to Berlin with your mates. No. Oh, okay, sorry. No. Sorry. No, it's for the 40th. My wife organised it for my 40th there last month. Oh, it was class. Just like sitting there, having a few drinks with your dinner. No, there's no, you're not worried about the babysitter. She, we need to get back and... You know, we said we'd be home by 11 or... Oh, it's just amazing. And it's yeah. an amazing city. It's an amazing city. Historically an amazing city. There's not actually anything to see in the city. 
but there are places of huge historical Did you go clubbing? <laughs> what? Yeah. No? Are you insane? Ah, Berlin. He's Great. 40. Oh, I heard about the clubs that they go on like till 9am. They, they start on Thursday and they finish on Monday afternoon. There was, a guy, there was a guy who was our guide actually on both the tours we did and he hadn't seen his girlfriend in two days. And this was, was a this was a regular occurrence because it was obviously the celebration, 30 celebra year celebration of the fall of the wall okay. and we were there. And so there was obviously a mad night of clubbing for the younger folk. Yeah, and, uh, you weren't tempted to... It was, for, there were times in the past where he wouldn't see her for two days and he'd have to get on his bike at like say six in the morning and cycle around the various nightclubs in Berlin and go in and see if she was there. And she was, inv invariably she always turned up alive. But uh, Maybe you should just let her make her own way home and live her own life instead probably, of stalking probably, her. He probably, or have some care for her welfare and hope that she's not like, anyway, something hasn't befallen let's, her. Let's move anyway, on. another <laughs> tangent we've gone off on. But yeah, three nights last weekend, so Adrian's gonna have a, he's gonna have a great time. He's there in London. He's, uh, he's at Jules Holland, the most middle-aged thing you can possibly <laughs> this do. Is what I was trying to make this point earlier, but he wasn't having any of it. Oh, it's like... That this was, he was very much, I think, I'm at the cutting edge of music right here. Do you know, I think it's, it's, um, it's always great. It happens less and less in your life as it goes on, but to be the youngest person in the room. And tonight, <laughs> Adrian and his wife are going to be the youngest people in the room. So, <laughs> very few places where you can do that now. Mass would be the only one that springs to mind for me. That'd be, that's it, at our age. Yeah, I can't think of any other circumstances. Uh, Paul Little's been in touch. Uh, we asked people to share their stories. There's always a way. We were in Portugal on holidays, decided to take a local bus back to the resort. The oldest son, who was five at the time, desperately needs a whiz. We tell him, wait, wait, just hold it in. Can't. Uh, the bus decides to take a pit stop at the terminus. Serious discomfort and whining. Come on, we need to go, we need to go, we need to go. The wife, a genius produces spare pull-up pants of the two-year-old son, the five-year-old wedged into them behind a towel and told, go to town. <laughs> that is genius. Initial edginess, then relief, wife impressive, me, paralysed and unable to suggest useful options, oldest son red-faced, but not in the way he might have expected. <laughs> Happy days. That job is. Was, job was done and there was no damage done, no yeah. consequences. I mean, the, you wonder, is there like... Is there designed for a two-year-old? Does the bladder double in size? Is there I'm so sure much it that it's going to dribble down? But and obviously, like, it depends yeah. on uh, how much he's had to drink, and there is a good chance that the pull-up, which is not designed, designed like a nappy, it's yeah. like mm. it's it's a uh, in case of emergency break glass type situation. Yeah, yeah. This is just precisely the the moment where you need it. Yeah, yeah. It's sometimes you have to think outside the box, as we did the other night. Go on, tell us your story. <laughs> We're in like the M50 is like a car park. It's lashing rain. We made a last-minute decision to go across to my folks for some dinner and left at four. Never again. Like, it, it took us an hour and a half to get to Castlenock from where we are on the north side at four o'clock. What is happening to this city? I know traffic in this city is bad, but at four o'clock, I've never encountered that before. But anyway, lash and rain, and after the tenth time of him saying, guys, like, I really need to go here, was my two-year-old. Like he said, why are you not listening to me? <laughs> I really need to go. So there was nothing in the car that could be used apart from a bowl. What type of bowl? How big was Those the bowl? Those little blue plastic bowls that Oof. you like, they eat their breakfast out of. <laughs> so go on. So like a small bowl, no bigger than the palm of your hand. But if he feels that, it's going to tip over. And I'm thinking like, it would take an enormous amount for right. someone so for small yeah. to fill the bowl. 
but I was in the outside lane, so wedged up against the, the barrier between the north side, side bound lanes and the south bound lanes. So I couldn't really edge all the cross three lanes into the hard shoulder. So I had to keep moving every time the traffic inched forward. <laughs> so my wife had to get into the back, get him out of his seat, get him prepped, get the bowl, <laughs> make sure that everything is pointing in the right direction. <laughs> and then all the while the car's moving forward. <laughs> And then the ball had to be passed from back to front over the armrest through to me. So you and then I would open the window. The window. <laughs> tip out the window. But it was a brilliantly executed operation. Brilliant. There was no mess. Fair play to everybody. And everybody was very proud of themselves and the team effort once we had uh, completed the mission. And just goes to show, as our listener said there there's always a way and you just get the job done no one can have any hang-ups about any embarrassing moments or anything but like we've all had surely we've all had those situations where you just dump it out the window yeah it was lashing rain it would have been washed Fine. away almost immediately ah yeah it's urine is clean yeah you don't hit somebody yeah. Cyclist. Some guy in a motorbike trying to take the sneaky <laughs> route through. Oh, shit. <laughs> You'd have a helmet on. It's grand. Happens the lads in the Tour de France all the time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> only, the, only the dopers. Uh, Lydia Burke says, my four-year-old stood up in the bath and peed while his sister was also in the bath. I said, I just asked you if you wanted to go and you said no. And he replied, I know, but I wanted to wait and do it in the bath so the water would be nice and warm for Penny. <laughs> Awful. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Awful. So, uh, do you know, yeah. like the little boys, they don't, I don't, at what age do they get that everything isn't always pointing in the right direction at the, oh. at the, at the, at the moment of commencement? Well, I don't know. It just gets progressively worse because... 20? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. And, 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 then, and then only when you're totally sober. Exactly. Come on. When they're standing up peeing into the actual toilet, it just gets... Every morning, I'm like, how did this... Like, where are they even... But I'd say it like they'd be go to bed and one of them would be going for a pee and the other one would be brushing his teeth and the one going for a pee would just get totally distracted and be like, yeah, like, just, it's going to take you 10 seconds, just keep facing forward. Why have you just like randomly veered off? Oh, so you stand it up. Yeah. When do they stand up? Because, uh, uh, no, it depends. Our two year olds no, been standing were, up since the start nearly. And ours was, ours were, our eldest lad was quite late and the younger lad was, once he started, he was like, grand. He just thought. put a step. There's a step no, we at, never put a step like that. So how did they get there? They just sat down. All right. Well, well we had to. It was him and there was. So they're sitting down, not standing up. Yeah. No, but now they're standing up. Right. But now because they they're can, tall enough. They're tall enough to get over okay. it. Yeah, Which brings me to step over. the bloody. The worst part of them standing up and being t- sort of tall enough is the urinals in a public place. Ah! Oh, brought my kids to the FAI Cup final and. Oh, my eldest lad has no like bladder control in terms of, oh, I'll have a bottle of water, which is five trips to the toilet in one half of the match as he <laughs> drank the bottle of water in eight seconds flat. Oh my dear God. I thought you would have been in a box, Nathan, but go on. No, I just brought my kids to the match like a normal person. Not like you, you know, who, unless there's the old free prawns ain't going to be there. Obviously, obviously I looked for the box, but it just wasn't available. The anger when it's like, wrapped up and not facing the right way and like he looks up at you oh, how has this happened <laughs> you get the blame for it why why did you let this happen oh no but <laughs> Satya Viva 
he's just about reaches the level. So he's just like resting it oh. on the side. Oh my god. Yeah. And you're this making sure almost... don't touch the toy. Whatever you do, do not touch the yeah, All I'm like, do not, like, I'm like an absolute <laughs> lunatic rampaging around these people. Do not touch that. <laughs> yeah. Well, your main reason you don't want them to touch it is so, so you then do not have to wash their hands. Oh, I'm like, well, I'm <laughs> a get out of there. absolute Nazi when it comes to washing your hands. Yeah. Like, uh, my wife, touched my wife you don't is need to. like, would you just leave them alone? I'm like, wash hands! They're like, look, look, they're soaking wet. Yeah, they have to wash their hands. It's gross. Only if they've touched something. I know, but like, it's a good habit to get into because you think that... Oh, uh, yeah, I know, but I'm rather, I'm, in situations such as that, I'll do all the, the whatever needs to be done. You guys just, he needs to operate on a hands-free basis. But the thing is then, you have to wash your hands, right? Yeah, so I right. wash my hands every time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, me too. But so if you're washing your hands, you can do theirs at the same time, and it's like ah, it's not no because the sinks they can't get up to the sink for a start. Then oh. sleeves have to be rolled up to the elbow, and oh, they ain't leaving a public toilet without getting their hands thoroughly scrubbed. An email from Klaas van der Mulen, his real name. Dear Is it Dadcast, Belgian or Dutch? Do you think? Dear Dadcast, Dutch listener here. Okay, right. Big fan of your podcast since episode one. Great crack, very informative too. Just finished episode 43 while walking with my seven-month-old daughter who was asleep in her pram. So none of the last 10 minutes will be of any relevance to this guy. Your discussion on sibling rivalry brought back colourful memories of growing up with a bigger brother. On episode 42, the listener email about fertility issues was handled very well, I think, having been through years of procedures and examinations, etc., in order to be blessed with a daughter. To think we almost didn't go for that third IVF attempt. Anyway, our little precious is doing fine, but one thing I find hard as a dad is how to teach her how not to cry whenever one of us is out of line of sight. How do you teach a tiny baby that she'll be okay for a few minutes while you take a much needed toilet break, etc.? I find it makes days alone with her frustrating and the minders at the daycare are not too happy about it either. That makes me think it's not entirely normal for her to be that dependent. Any advice would be much appreciated. Cheers, lads. Keep up the good work. Kind regards. Klaas van der Mulen. Klaas is pronounced kind of like class. Like class Jan Huntler. Exactly. P.S. Thanks to you guys, I also checked out the other podcast, the Dungeons and Dragons one. So there you go, we are spreading the love of... Uh, yeah, we shouldn't be driving listeners into the arms of other podcasters, though. No, it's fine, we're not. I mean, he's, he's obviously very loyal to us, he's listened to all 42 episodes. Yeah. We've probably done a few more that I haven't put up just yet, but well, <laughs> I'll get, get round to it. Um, I didn't experience this to any great degree, but she's only seven months old. There's nothing to be worried about at seven months old. And it's important to remember that even though your child is only seven months old, she's trying to manipulate you. <laughs> <laughs> you're under no illusions. Especially that you, you might think she doesn't know what she's she. doing. You might, well, 100%. <laughs> she is trying. She knows. She knows. See, is it a bit of tough love there? Do you just walk out the door and never look back? I think that um, different kids have different levels of this, mm. right? That it happens whenever they're... I think it specifically happens around this age, the fear of abandonment, isn't it? Because they're not quite sure if you're coming back and like at night time, they have no concept of how long a night is. So you could be gone for six months, you could be gone for three hours, they feel like you've abandoned them forever and you were never coming back and then you do come back. I, I, I mean, obviously, none of that's based on any science, but it's vague recollection of a half-remembered piece that I read seven years ago. Yeah. So, um, but you've got to live your life because otherwise, what the hell are you going to do? Yeah, and if you no, don't, there how are they really, going to turn out? There's no fix to it, really. Now, what you could do is, I know she's only seven months old, so she's obviously not speaking, and how much she's understanding depends on going from child to child. But what he could do is, you know, just leave for a very short period of time, come back in all smiles, then you 
then you do it for a little bit longer. So say five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. And, and she always knows that you're back, that no matter how long the time period was, he did come back and she'll, she will get a little more settled, but she'll grow out of it. But they keep doing this, as you said, Nathan, manipulation is the, is the, is the right word. It's not, not dissimilar to when one of your kids decides that your wife is the only person that can perform some task. So, will you open my smoothie? No, no, I don't want you to open it. Oh. No, I need Mammy to open it, but she's not here. I don't care! Mammy, I need Mammy to open my smoothie. And then I'll, you're just trying to take the deepest breath possible, not lose your cool. There's no smoothie. Well, I guess... Then that's full-blown tantrum. Well, we, yeah. we have that, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing the bedtime and I'm doing the boy. Like, no, you're not. I'm not. You're just not doing this. I'm not having this. Like, there's no, and there's no way around it. He like jumps up in the bed, runs away, screams, and then you're like, and then you're pulling it off, and you're like, oh, this is probably not the best way to parenting here. I seem to have lost my cool. You're in the middle of me, like, I appear to have lost my cool here. How did that happen? <laughs> so five seconds ago, we were like chatting away and having <laughs> no. the crack, and now I'm How like, has this happened again? You know, look, at, you're looking at yourself, going, what? You, what? Who are you? Like an outer body experience. Foaming at the mouth. <laughs> Yeah, I was like that with the baby. And, uh, <laughs> one day, Tuesday night, she just wouldn't go to sleep, and it had been a long day. I was like to my wife, and, oh, just seriously. fucking go to sleep. I was like, it's like, I'm, I'm going to look for a crash. We're putting her into a crash three days a week. I need a break. Can't be dealing with this shit. <laughs> and she's like, I think you're overreacting. I'm like, nah, nah, just, just want a break. Just want to be able to do some stuff in my life. I'm just kind of done with this right now. We just put her into a crash three days a week. And, yeah. Like, so, yes. Nine to five. Give me a break here. Or even like, whatever. She's like, nah. Come on, <coughs> four. Come nah. on. Come on. Nah. Yes. Nah. And, and did you lose? Of course I lost. Come on. <laughs> Are there any parents Stand up for yourself. that don't lose their cool? I don't know. I mean, it's certainly... excusable, really. Losing your cool with like a two-year-old. Like, I lost my cool this morning with him on the way back from the drop-off at big school. Then we scoot back up the road. See, I, I pull in about half a mile from the school so they get a walk slash scoot. Like kids... Are supposed to, yeah. Should do. And then... And do they enjoy that or...? No, they enjoy love it on the way down and then they peg it around after each other in the yard for like the 20 minutes because we're always there nice and early. And then myself and the little fella have to scoot back up the road to bring him to his Montessori. And it's always then that he starts, I don't want to scoot and my hands are cold even though you had gloves on you until 10 minutes ago and you threw them away. So it's not my problem. You had your opportunity to keep your hands warm and you gave up that opportunity. And then, of course, there's the three or four falls on the way up because he's looking around and when he's scooting and doesn't see the little bump in the, in the path and over he goes, head over heels, second time that morning, you're going, jeez. And instead of going, oh my God, it's terrible, you fell, I should be right on top of you, picking you up and rubbing your cheek and make sure you're okay. Instead you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> that sounds very, very familiar. <laughs> but what I can't figure out then, right, and there's no, I'm sure there's no definitive answer to this. So, like, that exact experience of, so you're trying to do the right thing. Like, you're arriving early, you're getting your ch children a bit of exercise, yeah. all of that. But then, you're so angry throughout the entire process. Like, I always find those situations at the end, I'm like, is, is the way I've spent the entire 20 minutes of getting them exercise been such a negative experience that it's it. totally outweighed yeah. Yeah. the good that has been done? And all they're going to remember really is the fighting much. and the shouting. Like the shouting and you losing your cool is, can only be damaging to them. And like I don't want my kids to, when they're older, to remember me as some kind of an ogre. Yeah. Or a tired. But it might be too late. Yeah, yeah. Well, but maybe I, if they just stop in such a pain in the hole, it'd be easier, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you fix it? I don't know. But you see, we weren't, every dad goes through this. 
I remember, and, and you know, I threw, I've already thrown my son under the bus, now I'm going to throw my father under the bus, <laughs> all of the same podcast. <laughs> years and years ago, I think it was about six, maybe a little older, seven or eight, <clears throat> we're in a pedalo on a lake in France, and as we're redocking, the pedalo just shifts a little, and I end up falling <laughs> <laughs> And so your dad naturally gets concerned, goes, oh, Dave, are you okay? Exactly. As I'm going, like, kind of stepping out across the little gap in the water between the pedalo and the pier, I just fall straight down through the gap. <laughs> now, the water's only up to my waist. But he doesn't know that, really. So I'm dry from, say, the tummy up, but yeah. my, obviously, in the water from the, the waist down. And I, as you say, he didn't go, oh, God, you could have hit your head there, and he okay. He just, he's just like, yeah, for fuck! <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Which is what I did this morning when the poor little fella like, hit the deck. Yeah. Oh, God. Why is it, how, how have we not evolved? Is it a male thing? I don't know. Because my wife's always at me about that. So obviously there's an accident every day in the house. And my first reaction <laughs> with that fail is, what are you doing? <laughs> and like his leg is hanging off. I'm like, where did you do that? What the bloody hell? I know. Like, oh my God, I'm going to need eight stitches. Well, I told you not to do it. So why have we not adapted to parenting know, as the generations have gone by we to went, deal with these situations better? We went through a period of where the, the glass of milk at dinner time would spill every night. Every fucking Please night. Don't, don't <laughs> make me talk about this. Don't make me talk every about night, the by the, same, juice. by the same couple of people. <laughs> it was the same usual suspects <laughs> doing the same thing. It's like <laughs> and the elbow goes out. And, and you know the no point crying over spilt milk? Well, there were a lot of tears shed over spilt milk. And in retrospect, it might not have been my greatest moment as a parent. What are you And it's like, it makes no sense. Oh. I mean, I just clean it up. I mean, in fairness, it soaks into it. We've got oh, yes. one of those pull-out tables. And, then, and a year later, you're like, oh, it still hasn't dried out. <laughs> That's remarkable. The green bits, there's like the gunge in the middle. Anyway, Ugh. the drink thing, <laughs> oh, I, am I, to, I find myself having to breathe deeply now even just talking about it but every day like can I have a glass of juice they call it juice but it's just like water and a, the tiniest stingiest squirt of Kiora and it's just always ends up on the counter Yeah. or he'll say I'm just going to bring this into the playroom no. okay no problem then he doesn't tell you that he's knocked it over you go into tidy the playroom maybe in <laughs> the dim in the lamplight that night and your socks <laughs> yeah. soaked Hang on, so this, was, this has been on the floor for eight hours. Nobody told me. Soaking in. But when he knocks it over, it's a complete accident. He's two. He's two? Like, right? come on. And I'm going, what? Why did you do that? I told you not to. I told you to hold it with two hands. And he's looking at me going, why are you such a dick? Yeah, like, I don't know, because it's just an eight, isn't it? We need some reassurance from the listeners here. Well, there's three of us here, and I've fired my dad into the mix as well. So that's four dads, <laughs> all of whom are irrational, unreasonable beings when it comes to the smallest events taking place in your life. Like, there's no way we're not doing damage because by and large, my kids are doing the right thing and I'm still getting angry. So now at breakfast, like the eldest lad, we're like, you have to make your own breakfast. You know, you, you're old enough to be able to get your bowl. I will put the milk on the table and the Weetabix on the table. You can put the Weetabix into your bowl and pour the milk. Except of course when it's a big two litre thing of milk and he's like, <laughs> and it goes absolutely, and I'm like, what the, what are you doing? I don't curse now in front of them, right. where possible. I'm like, I, I, what the? I, I was like, why can't you just put the bloody milk in? He's like, well, try it, it was too heavy. Just put the milk in. I was very good about not cursing until recently, and then it just has become this, it has happened. And I'm like, oh. You no, know, you're like, 
You know, you're very bad when it comes to that. Yeah, you're walking past people who are uh, cursing at you. Like, oh my God, that's disgusting. I can't believe, oh, that person should have those yeah. children taken away. They should be putting care straight away. And then you're like. Well, we were on our uh, way to speech and drama yesterday and the traffic was terrible and we were late. And the light goes green and the car in front of us doesn't move. And before I can even get the words out, <laughs> from the back, all I hear is, the light's green! <laughs> So already they've Why taken. That's my boy. <laughs> already the anger has started. So you're just passing on the anger. Like I know. That's, and it's the worst thing. I it's the worst character trait kids. to pass on. Yeah. I've um. So since uh, our youngest went to crash, he's just been wild, not listening. <clears throat> like at one stage we were a little bit concerned about is he okay? What what has happened to the personality of this? He's a three-year-old boy though. Uh, yeah, three and a half, yeah. So by nature, he's a psycho. Well, he had been grand. He, like, so we were talking about during the week, we went on holidays in the summertime when we were down in Wexford and we, were, we went out for lunch one day and there was no screens and we met Africa's mum and dad and we sat there like drinking for two and a half, three hours and they were really well behaved. There was colouring, there was chats. Now, we, there's no way we could do that. I brought him to the cinema, I'll talk about that in a minute, but he nearly jumped off the escalator in the Odeon Point. You know, the like five stories of escalators? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had to carry him and he's wrestling his way out <laughs> of my hands, like over the... <laughs> and I look up and my middle child is refusing to step on the escalator. So I'm like wrestling with him, That's screaming girl. at her, get on the fucking escalator! <laughs> <laughs> luckily it was a Saturday or Sunday morning, there was nobody around, but like it could have been full of people and I still would have been there and it was like, oh my God. And then I lost the ticket to, for the car. <laughs> so we had to re we went all the way down to the elevator and then all the way back up to retrace our steps. It's like the most humiliating 25 minutes of my life. <laughs> Horrific. Um, but anyway, he's been really, really kind of just this madman for, I don't know, what are we now? So November, since he went to school in September, crash. And um, so eventually I'm like, okay, Christmas is coming. We have to use this somehow to our... There's, a, there's an app you can upload some pictures of your kid to and uh, this very heavily <coughs> produced Santa and the elves message. So Santa's recorded a message, oh, hello, and it's his picture. And he's like, well, oh, that's me. It's like, uh, let me just check, are you on the naughty or nice list? And it's like the naughty list. And ooh, and then the elf, the elf comes along and says, heavy stuff. don't worry, Christmas, it's not Christmas yet. There's still time for you to save this. <sighs> Doesn't care. <laughs> doesn't care. He's like, hey, I'm on the good list. I'm on the good list. They're like, no, you're not. So if you've seen the video where Santa literally says your name, you're on the bad list. It's a bit harsh, isn't it? Very heavy duty. No. That's a bit... I mean... It's uh, tough love like and there's... I mean, I'm sorry, but like... Like we all, you know... We're, we're at our wits end here. There's always a few threats here and there, but like... But it's Santa himself uh, spilling the truth is a... Didn't work. Difficult thing to do. Didn't take. work. <clears throat> because he lives in the moment. He's for, he forgot he was on the naughty list two minutes after he showed him the message. He remembers that one time that he couldn't have the gingerbread man because he slammed the door, like a year and a half ago. But they remember like... Remember that time you wouldn't give yeah. me my gingerbread man because I slammed the door? Yeah, I do, because you slammed the door. And he's like, yeah, but I wanted the gingerbread man. Like, you missed the lesson from this. <laughs> they, they remember isolated moments. Like, but generally they just live in the moment. So he's forgotten about the Santa message very quickly after you've delivered it to him. But what he sounds like he's just gone through a little phase. Like we go through fortnightly phases where we're, we're late at night, lying in bed going, 
like a family conference. Yeah, what are we going to do here? Parental conference. What are we going to do about this situation? Can't do it. I can't, hate fighting with him. Can't go through this anymore. Why has he just gone off the rails over the last two weeks? And then it just it just stops. It just changes. It's so, okay. Completely this out is, of the This is... Is and it that it changes or another problem overtakes that no, problem? I don't and think so. Like, this is quite a... It's been going on a bit now to the point where we're like... In fairness, the last three days he's actually calmed down significantly. So he's been mostly okay. And then uh, maybe... So maybe the phase is coming to an end. Well, I hope so. <clears> but it could, uh, it could return to a darker phase in two weeks' time. It's just... You just have really, to roll with the punches. It's going to be much darker. Like, we were considering a... sheet of paper on the fridge and a bag of stickers and you put ten stickers on the fridge. Every time he does something good, a sticker gets added. Every time he something, does something bad, a sticker gets removed. And if he gets to zero stickers, so the ones that obviously you can, you'll have to be able to peel yeah. them off, Christmas is cancelled. Now, we haven't actually gone to it yet because we were that close to actually implementing this and suddenly his behaviour changed again. And like I'd walk in, he'd, he'd call me and I've got a surprise here. And the playroom, which had looked like a bomb had hit it, is suddenly spotless. <clears throat> and you're just going, you actually are the greatest kid in the world. Scratch that, scrap that uh, plan to put the, the white sheet of paper on the fridge. This guy's a genius. It'll change. I think some of it is too. There, like, a lot of it, I mean, now that I think about it, like depends on whether or not they've eaten their dinner that night. But uh, So I, I, made, um, I made a curry recently, which they've always eaten, always, everybody has always eaten all their curry. Put it down and he burst out crying straight away. <laughs> like, <laughs> so much of it is contingent on the circumstances, like, ha have they eaten? When did they last eat? Maybe there's something lying in their tummy that's annoying them. Have they slept? Did they get enough sleep last night? Did they eat their lunch in school? Yeah. And often with uh, our fellas that might meet, do they need to go to the toilet? Like, do they need to make a deposit of some yeah, significant yeah, yeah. amount? <laughs> yeah. And if, they, if they're carrying if they something around shit. with them... Yeah, I mean, certainly like, the bowel movements are more important than you. Incredibly, you. incredibly bad for them. Our, one of our fellas could be, he could be a different person from taking a dump to finishing it. Yeah. So he comes back out, skipping around Woo. the place. Hi, Daddy, hi, Mommy. Different child. No yeah. washed hands. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't touch anything. Well, now we, we have to we do the, the sniff test on the washing the hands. Like, if I can't actually smell the soap, you're back in there. But little these little mini phases, um, often it's put down to a growth spurt, which is a, basically a, mm. a uh, umbrella term for any bad behavior your child. <laughs> you go to the doctor and it's a virus. That's a bit of a growth spurt <laughs> till they're 22. They don't recommend <coughs> the negative side of those parenting charts and things like that. Yeah. Should it, not, it should be all positive reinforcement. So there should be no, if you do something wrong, something's going to be taken away. You should start at zero and say, when you do 10 good things, you'll get a reward. Even if there's rather 15 than, bad things in the Rather than time. the threat of something <coughs> bad is going to happen. If you don't, now listen, I am no psychologist but I just know my house and my wife with her teacher ways is like it's very it's got to be all positive but it's got to be like chasing it, something is positive reinforcement not what has got us into the situation we are in today where everyone's a winner no one's a loser participation <laughs> is all that counts you're incredibly special and you'll always be incredibly special I, I, I don't have any problem with any of that messaging like, what's wrong with that yeah, who's, because who's, then they get into like the real world they realise they're actually not that but special but their real world is different so they have now created a real world for themselves where actually they have different priorities. They have different ways of yeah. looking at and life. And viewing winner, loser in, in the old terms that we would have done them. Like maybe, maybe life isn't about winning and losing. It's about 
coexisting. No, but it, it can, they can, they might believe that life is easy because I don't think you're told all the way through growing up that you can be whatever easy. you want to be and you're incredibly special and you're absolutely beautiful and like these are all messages I give to my kids. Yeah, well, I mean but, they're all actually true when you think about it. But aren't they really? But like, well, this in my thing mind, of, they like are, the yeah. opposite is the like the old school tough love, and that clearly didn't do anyone any favors. No. <laughs> okay, but what happens when the two of them love racing each other on their scooter outside the house? But because you're like, just what? happy that they're outside the house racing each other. No, hang and on. Someone wins. What exactly? Yeah, but Somebody wins, and the other guy throws a tantrum. But so, so am I supposed to say, "Well, I'll make sure you win the next one"? No, but that no, that's so. That's they have to learn that you don't always win. That's that mad misrepresentation of a so. But that doesn't mean that they're a loser in life because they lost this one race. No, but they also have to be able to learn how to deal with the loss. And it's, <coughs> it's not actually a loss when you think about it. It's just a. It, well, if there was a winner, there must have been a loser. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, think, I, think um, I think that's a false duality. Um, uh, the comments, right? The five star, five stars are continuing to roll. Great laugh and informative. Really enjoy listening to these lads as a new pair to give some good insight and is very relatable, but is also very entertaining in its own right. Are you looking something up? I am. What are you looking up? I'm. Why? Is it work related? Is it, no. is it sh- no, show related? Show Okay, well. Apologies, I just was trying to get. Was he to like open a can of whoop ass? No, no, because I just want I want your attention for these, and or you do yours first. No, no, I'll, you, you do yours first. I'm not sure if I should be uh, reading mine out. The, the most recent one is um, brilliant podcast. No, because this is brilliant podcast. He's giving his compliments, so we should all just listen. <laughs> the four lads are gas. <clears throat> they bounce off each other really well. It's great to have something like this to listen and relate to. Genuinely, my favorite podcast. They're two five stars. And I can't see any four stars more recently. There was one, one one star way back in the day, incredibly negative. I'm not sure those people deserve to be why parents. Do give, why do people give four stars? Like, I don't like any adult. Well, this is the only four star that I can find. Bailing Twine on uh, three days ago, the 12th of the 11th, 2019. Really enjoyable show. Totally relatable. Just a shame that your man Adrian, who is terrible whenever he's on air, just an unlikable personality. <laughs> also, also... I seem to remember when the ball commentator's kid was being born, Dave was in the studio on George Hook's Friday show giving his half-baked, knee-jerk right-wing opinions. Four stars out of five. But I'm the ball commentator. <laughs> in fairness, he's right about that. He is 100% right about that. Wow, four stars. What do, what do we do to lose the fifth star? <laughs> well, my right-wing... Uh, uh, my right-wing tendencies on the Friday right hook is obviously what costs us a star. Maybe, or maybe he doesn't like old people. He doesn't like Adrian. That was it. <laughs> Nobody should ever forget Dave's contributions to the right hook where he would be in. Quite often they'd have like a minister in studio with them or something. Dave would be there. Kira Kelly would be there. George Hook would be there. Yet Dave would be on our G-chat just uh, chatting away about the weekend. And <laughs> at the same time talking to the government minister going, oh, what's the story with that? Ah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, how's he? <clears throat> like there's multitasking. And it there's... is called multitasking. Exactly. A good uh, training ground for parenting. Yeah, exactly. Um, I agree with everything that person said. You're not bald, you just shaved your head. It's just very tightly cut. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. What have you got for us? Well, so at our uh, PTA AGM, to get the crowds in, we put on a talk. You were saying? Uh, I'm not sure, should I be reading this out? Because obviously this guy has worked for a company and you should pay him for this. So I shouldn't be giving all his research for free, I guess. But fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just give, let's just say everybody left that uh, meeting going, 
oh my god, my kids are so screwed. Um, so, it was all about, uh, we asked them to talk about basically mobile phone usage and kids and its impact on kids and all of that. So, he went through um, one of the stats. I'll just run through a couple of, I'm actually going to see what he actually come in and chat in the pause someday about this. Hospital admissions for non-fatal self-harm among boys, uh, different age groups, but 10 to 14, basically, hasn't changed in the last 15, 16 years. Hasn't changed. It's been pretty much the same line. It's, is this out of 10,000 or 100,000? It's out per 100,000. It's about 50 per 100,000 boys. Hospital admissions for non-fatal self-harm for girls was always a lot higher. was about 120. So it was over double what the boys was. Since 2009, and it had been steady for the previous 10 years, has gone from about 120 to over 300, a 189% increase what? in 10 to 14 year olds. What happened in 2009? The iPhone. Exactly. Simple as that. Smartphones. I think um, I don't think it is just smartphones. I think it's like social media explodes. So yeah. well, sorry, social media and its access, obviously. Um, and he was talking about how for boys it's fairly straightforward into what their issues are. It's gaming and porn, so it's addiction to one or the other. And <laughs> you're like, I mean, chip off the old block, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't off the ground, he licked it. Yeah. You know, I kind of thought about making all these kind of jokes on the night, yeah. but I was just wasn't sure if wasn't the chairman a safe, should... Wasn't a safe environment, no. If the chairman should do these this things. is obviously the first study in terms of a 10-year term of its kind, because unfortunately these children were the guinea mm. pigs when it came to this. So for boys, they use smartphones in a negative way for gaming and porn. For girls, the three different uh, negative outcomes. Teen girls use social media in negative ways to damage the social relationship of another girl. So basically bullying each other, obviously. Social comparison of beauty or fear of missing out. In fact, it's a big thing now because of Snapchat locations that they all just follow each other around and somebody knows where everybody is. And is giving us the acronym there, I mean, obviously. FOMO. FOMO. Yeah, I mean, I, FOMO's written down. I just yeah, didn't want to sound like a dickhead. We all know what FOMO is. I mean, like, he's like, you're not that young. Okay, boomer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bloody hell. But we know so much more now, don't we? Like, we are in a, at least in a position to try and take steps to yeah, so mitigate the dangers. This is a bit like, um, it's a little bit like vaping, right? Now, I don't know if uh, current anti-vaping stuff is proper science or if it's all paid for by the cigarette companies. I'm not sure, right? But say it's not just all hype from the cigarette companies and vaping is actually really bad for you. Who knew that ingesting stuff straight into your lungs from a little plastic thing with made-up chemicals might potentially damage you. But apparently it looks like it might be pretty bad for you. So they're going to make it, <clears throat> they're going to ban vaping. Now that we realize that mobile phone usage is causing all sorts of weird shit to happen, like murderous shit uh, in some instances, and all the way back to just common or garden bullying that's causing people to die by suicide, maybe there needs to be some thought given to an end to uh, mobile phone access up to a certain point when everybody's allowed to, to do it. Maybe it becomes like a, like a you, law. Have, you have to grow mm -hmm. into the, the right to own this by proving something or by, like when was it decided that everybody can just have these things? Maybe these, maybe these are actually controlled things that we decide. How, at what nanny point, state, yeah. Yeah. nanny state. Well, maybe it is, you know, but it, we're, we're, we're fine with it when it comes to this smoking will damage your health. 
you can't smoke until you're over whatever age. I don't know if it's 16 or 18. You can't drink until you're over 18. Yeah, but then it's up to the parents to say you can't have this until you're of a certain age. <clears throat> and when you but, do have it, <clears throat> but maybe strict maybe monitoring in place, and we'll know exactly what you're doing and to, your, to who you're speaking, and we'll take it from you it, as soon as the rules are. Yeah, breached. but it turns out lots of parents don't give a shit. Well, <clears throat> that's the problem. So, so the point. He, so one of the points he made say about boys is that what age would you be comfortable with your son watching porn? Twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it, like so, his point was. So if you say. If you say 16, it's like, well, that's when you should get him a phone. Because the day he gets a phone is First the day he's, he's going to look up. No, no, but he's like, even if your son has no interest in porn. Yeah, it's going to get shared with him. It's going to be shared with him straight away. So like, their recommendations were no kid should have a phone until first year. They're, obviously, they're doing more and more studies. Like, their brain literally can't cope with the light on the screen with a million different parts of it until they're about 12 or 13. But you know the, you know the things that you're addicted to on your phone, like... It's stuff that you can regularly update. It's stuff that's going to give you a little bit of information. Just a little drip feed of dopamine. You know, okay, got that now. Got that now. I've checked that now. I mean, we've had our phones in our hands even though we're doing a show. Obviously, well, I was looking are. something up. But, yeah. I purposely and, left mine out there. Yeah, and you're like, I need to get my phone. No, not at all. I'm perfectly happy to be away from it for half an hour, 45 minutes. Although I do have all my messages linked up to my watch. <laughs> 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 Is that not a killer? No, it actually stops you looking at your phone. I'd say I'm, I've cut my unlocking my phone frequency by half. Right. Because I can look at my watch. Oh, well, that's just a WhatsApp message from, say, the Dadcast crew. I'll look at that later. It's not urgent. It's not for my mother or my wife or the crash or right. whatever it is. Whereas if you don't know whether well, you know. you've got messages every five minutes, you just open your phone. Um, I, I would do it if I was driving. Just cut out looking at my phone while I'm driving almost by 100%. Which can only be a good thing. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, look, you're so driving. It's a great thing. Having the, your WhatsApp messages in particular on your on your watches is a great way to do it. So, yeah. give your kids a phone, give them porn. Is the is the? I mean, if, look. Yeah, if, basically, that's he was like, you could have literally raised your kids perfectly the best possible way, but the yeah, second but, they get a phone, <clears throat> within days they're going to be in groups, and all young boys do is share porn. Right. Well, isn't it so important, though, that you sit down and you talk to your boys about what it is they've seen? So you can tell them this is not a true reflection <laughs> of the world. <laughs> no, honestly, though. It is. I think you're like, laughing when I'm in a completely I, I, serious I know, I know. It's a really, it is actually a really it's serious question. Like, the issue of consent for fathers of young boys is, like, the biggest, most important talk the three of us all have at least one son that we'll ever have to yeah. have with daughters, it's about making sure that like, you look after yourself and that you're aware of the dangers and that you look after your friends and that you have really open lines of communication. With boys, it's, there's, you need to be so careful about the way you're treating women and about consent and exactly what is real and what isn't real and what sort of perception you might have of something when it, the reality is completely different. And if you know that your son has either been shared something that he's watched or he's actually actively gone out and looked for it himself, you have to sit down and go through and say, well, what do you think is going on here? Do you think that's actually how things work? As uncomfortable, horribly uncomfortable I as it might I mean, be. I don't know. Is it going to be that uncomfortable? It's like a... Well... If it seems something's gone, something's gone badly wrong before that, if it's that uncomfortable for you to sit down and have a conversation. Like, well, this I don't know. Is, do you want to, uh, the, the, the thought of sitting down with your 13-year-old boy and watching pornography... Well, I'm not like going to watch it with him. Well, you, want, you want to be able to tell him that what you've seen here 
is not the way of the world. Okay, well, maybe. Look, that's a. Uh, luckily, we've a few years left. That, that sounds is, like a team of dead born. Can you not just hold us? Yeah, like, yeah, come on. For once. Five, you've got five years left before you've got to do that, do you? No, yeah, oh, dear I don't God, know. I just five years. that number out of the oh. sky. Like, I have no idea. Like, yeah. Uh, no, no, well, I don't. I'm, mine's not, my eldest is only five, but. Like, five years. Your eldest is eight. Maybe eight. Like two months' time. So, like, that I wouldn't impressive. be one of the. It's probably 12, is it? Yeah, I'd say 12, yeah. yeah. They're going to want a phone by the time. The first questions will start coming up at the age of what? Eight. Yeah, well, he was saying that basically such such a phone, about five in fourth class, like five of the class will have a phone, fifth class, 15, and then by sixth class, 95% will have a phone, where really none of them should have any. Should have a phone. And like, so do you, if, do we you have, envisage you being in that 5%? I would hope not, no. Definitely not. That but they don't have I any. will say that with my, you see, again, it's, it's easier in a way, I think, with your eldest. It's the second one then who sees he's one step yeah. ahead and he wants it everything at the same time yeah and the other problem is like already my kids are coming home like they're friends of older <coughs> brothers and sisters and they're yeah. like yeah. well they've got they've got the phone so that's like they don't really have a phone anyways is uh, bottom line was that the parents are to blame for all this obviously yeah that we are spending our life on our phone so why the hell would oh, look, kids? I've, I've said it to my boys spend. now if we're sitting in a space be it the kitchen table or the counter or and I pick my phone up yeah this immediately is, you are allowed to say daddy put your phone up this is the main thing that I would say we fight about in our house is my usage of the phone uh, that is for sure well it's exactly in my house we don't have rows so you were like oh, I know you're, you're, you're using it too much <laughs> no, no. Right, well maybe we should all stop uh, whatsapping well, I'm telling them to tell me put your phone away and if your kid who's five years old is noticing that you're on your phone too much <laughs> you've definitely got a problem but I love our listeners to let us know they're... My five-year-old said to me recently, well, I was, I was like, oh, where is she? She's got this kind of weird costume thing. And, like, it doesn't go in the dress-up drawer. It goes under her bed. And she was like, well, you would know that if you ever spent any time with us. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 You're like, it was work. It was work. Oh, it was work. It doesn't was work in a five-year-old. I mean, I laughed. I laughed. I had to laugh because it was like, I think she'd actually heard her older sister said the week before <laughs> on that note another podcast is in the books to go and cry in the corner and maybe have a pint in the afternoon at 12 o'clock what can we do right uh, dadcast at offtheball.com is the email address use the hashtag dadcastpod or you can uh, get us at dadcast at dad what is the twitter handle at dadcastpod on twitter you get us all on Twitter. You know where we are at this stage. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, Just don't spend us, too much time on it. Try and give us five stars instead of at four. Or if, you're, if you're deducting as a point, uh, well, give us good reasons, as good as uh, whatever t- Baylor Twine was. All right, see you next week. Good luck. Dad Pod. This is a video thing as well. have a name. Podcast. Oh, midlife Crisis. Howdy Daddy. Mm. Midlife Crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually, yeah.